Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the main event, Mark's podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Booker T to my gold dust. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Two-time Hall of Famer. I'll take it. Yeah. And uh, gold dust will be in there one day, I can only assume. There's no way they can. Ah, uh, the, the clock on when he's coming home is starting to do, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> like I <think> he's, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I can totally see him like stepping out of AEW. Like when he's ready to quit wrestling, he'll step out of the ring, he'll do his his training on the side, whatever, and then he'll sign a Legends deal with WWE. Like that's normally how it goes nowadays. He doesn't quit anytime soon because he's one of their better guys. So, yeah, he's. Still... Which sounds weird saying about a 50 year old man, but nope, he's better than most. Right. And like somebody we're going to talk about today. Rick Flair, he was in his was yeah he was in his fifties here, uh, and he was still going at a very high level. I might argue he's about to get even better after this. Yeah, so I mean, uh, he wasn't going to put on you know some sixty minute classic with uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat again, but he was putting on phenomenal matches at this time. Now in the archives, if anybody goes back and listens to our review of WrestleMania X eight that we did a couple of months ago, just great Why work he did you? with the under. Say what? And why haven't you listened to it back? Yeah, right. Yeah, all of our WrestleMania shows, we always do it big, do it special. And that one was awesome. I've always loved WrestleMania X8. And Ric Flair took on The Undertaker on that show. And, well, they tore the house down. So it, it, was, a, uh, it was a whole <clears throat> uh, show of, you know, it, mediocre to great matches. And Ric Flair was one of them putting on great matches at that time. So, you know, it's funny, too. He's was great, man. Don't get me wrong, but. Have you ever really said Undertaker tore the house down? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's but, not. I mean, obviously he's amazing, but like he's not that kind. Of, like when I think of that, I think of Daniel Bryan, and, right? Uh, yeah, uh, people like that. Kurt Angle, 
uh, yeah, the Canadian gonna... who his name we won't mention. You know, that's like <laughs> tearing the house down. Right. Here's a different kind of wrestler. Not sure if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I feel The Undertaker did some of his best in-ring work during this time. I would I would say the same thing. You have to focus on being the dead man. You just be the badass. Right, yeah. So, and yeah, he did some I would things, agree. He did some things here that you would never see him when he was the dead man. He would have okay, never you know, done that. It's funny, because I just, I just said, you know, have you ever set him tearing the house down? Maybe that's why he was different. Yeah. Maybe I had to retract right, what I said. <laughs> and he put on some really good matches with certain people uh, as the dead man, but it was in the dead man style. And uh, it, here, he just kind of let loose. The character was very different. Just the way the, the main event ends here. We'll, we'll get into it. But uh, for anybody that doesn't know, we have officially got 104 regular weekly shows out there all together. By the time this is all said and done, we've Damn, got... I thought you were going to say followers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we have more than that. <laughs> but I meant have... like regular listeners. Oh, right. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but all together we have, with the bonus shows, we have almost 130 episodes in the can. So go check them out. Tons of listening, and it's all evergreen content. So... That's the whole reason behind this is you can pick it up whenever any episode and not be lost, not hear dated information uh, because it's all dated. Actually, you are hearing dated information, but <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's all dated. Therefore, it's all evergreen. So it's not new when we drop it. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, there's a lot of news and notes to get to. Uh, this is the first show in our uh, two year anniversary month. And in honor of that, we're covering the King of the Ring Yet again, because our very first episode ever was King of the Ring 1998, which, by the way, I am uh, the way it uploaded in YouTube. If anybody follows us on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Uh, but the way it uploaded originally, because the way the account was set up, is it uploaded in pieces. So you have to click on multiple videos to get the whole episode. And it was a still picture and whatever. Well, I changed that and I'm re-uploading it on our anniversary, June 10th. So check out that on our channel. Uh, uh, you know, coming up here real soon on our anniversary, which is when the first episode dropped two years ago. So check that out. Any special happening on that show? Uh, yeah, well, some maybe something involving the Undertaker, who we're, who we were just talking about. But you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, you guys will have to go back and check it out. Uh, and then watch the show. Yeah, man, the Undertaker's on every show, dude. <laughs> right, shoving down our throats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, they're just they're just forcing the Undertaker upon us, man. How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> Screw them. But anyway, uh, so we got a ton, and I mean a ton, of news and notes to get into. So uh, time out here real quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big-brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENTMARKS all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word to get 15% off your order at checkout. And now we're going to take our first break. When we come back on the other side of this, we're going to talk about the news and notes from this time in 2002 right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! 
in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form, and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. Anybody who watched wrestling during this time period can kind of figure out some of the top stories we're going to be covering here uh, I don't have a even... can of crackers this week, by the way. I'm just drinking water. So, <laughs> Screw you for staying healthy, <laughs> drinking water. <laughs> Filthy stuff. Fish F in it. Anyway. Uh, nature's fruit juice, right? Is that what they call it? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and this isn't normally, you know, if there's a big story, sometimes we can be like, well, if you didn't read the dirt sheets and whatever, you wouldn't have known about it. You didn't have to read the dirt sheets to know about this during this time because it was on WWE TV that they there are three things it. you don't need to read the dirt sheets for I'm assuming but let's go right uh, but this first one Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out on WWE last week and the story took a darker turn this week when Austin was accused of allegedly beating his wife Deborah. Austin had become paranoid and distrustful of the locker room particularly when the NWO guys were brought in he refused to work with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania and wasn't happy about working with with uh, Scott Hall either He insisted on decisively winning their match and blowing off their feud. He went home after WrestleMania, no showing Raw the next night. 
uh, after, and things seemed to be packed, uh, patched up soon after. But when he came back, he still wasn't happy and spoke out publicly against the brand extension and the overall creative direction of the company. A lot of people in the locker room supported Austin, feeling that he was completely justified in his complaints because everyone realizes the wheels are falling off the company lately. Pause. Uh, the wheels are falling off the company. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. They're the only game in town. And we're going to talk here in a bit about I think they sold the show out. Yeah, it's funny we're talking about this right now when somebody else walked out recently in WWE. <laughs> Snapping back to 2022 here. Full disclosure, we record a little early, so it's kind of recent, but yeah. Yeah, right. So it might be cleared up by the time where, you know, this actually posts. But uh, if if you believe anything, I tend to take anything from the dirt sheet people with a grain of salt. But I don't read it, it so that helps me a lot. Yeah. Well, I according to some people, there's like no support for Sasha Banks within WWE. Like everybody feels like she's a diva and she's a mark and all this other stuff. Uh, like I said, oh, supposedly she's done this now twice in three years. Yeah, right. So and and I like you know people are instantly going to the to the R word, man. It's it's racism because you know they dropped that statement about it. And they cite, well, they didn't do this to Jeff Hardy and Tony Storm and whatever. It's like Jeff Hardy had to pay some penance, man. And does anybody remember when Stone Cold walked out and they had a public bashing campaign of him for like months? And Austin admitted on his podcast with Vince McMahon on there that they find him a quarter million bucks, I think. Right. And and the other one they cite is, well, they didn't, uh, you know, there wasn't uh, public denouncing of, of CM Punk. It's like the company crapped on him, too. So what are you talking about? Like people are just looking for any little reason they want because Sasha has some weird fans, man. I found that out. Uh, who's, who's, yeah. Wait, who's, the raw women, who's the raw women's champion right now? Uh, a well, it, it, I see what you're getting at. It is a black woman. Yeah, they're real racist. Of course, yeah. Bobby Lashley's a two-time <laughs> WWE champion. He's, you know, and, and you know, you know, Greg Roman Reigns is white. I don't know if oh yeah you knew this. But yeah, but yeah, arguably the face of all of wrestling as a whole. Yes. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Good lord. I also just uh, I, I laugh at it too. I'm like, can you do it twice? What, what do you think you are? You're not like Cena or Hogan. You know, you can't just walk back in. Well, that's our meal ticket. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm sorry, but you know, yeah, Sasha Banks is a bigger name, whatever. But last time she walked out, they were just fine. This time, when she walks out, they'll be just fine. If they went ahead and canned her for doing this, they'll be just fine. Again, she's like you said, she's not Cena, she's not Austin, she's not Roman. Good lord. <sighs> but yeah, back to uh, 2002 here. Uh, the Sunday night before Raw last week, Austin was told by Jim Ross that the plan was for him to face Brock Lesnar with the idea that Eddie Guerrero would cost him the match. Uh, Austin pointed out the obvious that him versus Lesnar is a big money match and should be built up for months on paper. Uh, I assume they, they put on pay-per-view. I assume they mean to pay-per-view. Uh, Lesnar should go through the whole uh, room. Premium live event. Yeah. Not back then. The, that's, that's, <laughs> we, we, can't, we have to make that distinction. Uh, Lesnar should, should go through the whole locker room before he gets to Austin last, not first, on free TV with no buildup. Austin hated the idea and said that he wasn't coming if that was the plan. Ross told Vince, who called Austin and left a voicemail. He told Austin to call him back no matter what time. 
Austin did call back at 2 a.m., and they discussed the plan. According to Vince, Austin had reluctantly agreed to it. Austin uh, evidently felt otherwise because he showed up to Raw that next day, found out about the Lesnar match still being booked, and decided, screw that, got on a plane, and went home with Deborah. Yep, I was at the Raw the next week after this. Uh, So you were at the public bashing fest for Stone Cold? It wasn't really a public bashing. Mitz came out and thanked him and put a beer can in the ring. So I'm trying to figure out where that public bashing part is coming from. That's a weird narrative because I don't remember that. I th- wasn't well, wasn't there that well, I guess it was The Rock's promo and little comments here and there. Because The Rock did basically he didn't call him out by name. I yeah, no, he did. He did. He, he said Austin could take his he could say Austin take his ball and go home. He did say that. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay. Uh, that is correct. I forgot. Yeah. Well, either way, Raw that night was mostly built around the angle where Ric Flair would have to be Steve Austin's personal assistant if he lost their match last week. Because much of the show was written around that, they had to rewrite the whole show at the last minute in a panic. That abruptly turned Flair babyface again and ended the huge dual ownership angle with no buildup. Meanwhile, Austin was ignoring all phone calls until he finally answered one from Jim Ross, who told Austin he was being unprofessional and had to come try and talk it out with Vince. Austin refused, saying he refused to work with McMahon anymore, and hung up. Yeah. So That's kind of wild, man. I know, it's weird. Considering it's, a couple I, months, it all will be under the bridge. <laughs> and I know Austin has since come out and said, it's like, yeah, it's, um, he, he had a lot of, it was burnout and a bunch of other personal mental issues, basically getting, I'm not, if anybody hears that, I'm not saying he was crazy or something. He, I think he was like mentally burnt out because he'd been, burning the candle at both ends for years as the top guy. So I'm not making excuses, just saying uh, he had a lot going on at the time. His marriage was somewhat rocky. So, and he said he was upset. He had, right. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, and he said um, he hadn't seen his kids in forever and that was getting to him. So anyways, wow, that's out stuff. Um, but, it's a joke. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, well, you know how people on the internet will actually, I will never have kids because I will be a virgin until the day I die. However, I find your comments abhorrent. You know what's funny? Real question. Is Daniel <laughs> have kids? He, yeah, he, he has a few. I know he said he at least has a, one son and one daughter. But yeah, Austin said that uh, two thing, the two things he regrets most in his career are the ending of WrestleMania 17 and this right here. I don't blame him. And then he ended up losing, what, six months of his career by sitting at home and, you know, getting... Yeah, pretty uh, much. And then come back in February and then be gone forever in April. Forever, bro. Well, forever. (laughs) Right. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, I know. Freaking sucks. Uh, Vince McMahon and Jim Ross taped interviews for this week's episode of WWE Confidential in which they completely buried Steve Austin with Vince vowing to never bring him back. I like Vince says, did not bury him, nor did he say that. <laughs> Unconfidential? On, on uh, yeah. I don't remember the episodes. I'd have to go back and... Is, is that even up on Peacock? It is, yeah, the whole series is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch the episode. Uh, they don't talk about him in a glowing light, but the word burials is too, a little too thick. Uh, Jim Ross, in particular, dumped a lot of dirt on Austin's grave here. Austin saved Jim Ross's announcing career by insisting that JR be brought back for his WrestleMania 15 match with The Rock. At the time, Ross was still suffering from Bell's palsy, and Vince had no intention of ever bringing him back, but Austin insisted, and the crowd reaction led to Ross being brought back permanently. So, for Ross to be burying his good friend like this seems a bit wrong. 
for what it's worth, it rubbed JR the wrong way, too. He's gone on record a million times since then, saying that he wished he hadn't done it, and he's apologized to Austin profusely for it. Ross talked openly about some of Austin's personal business, like his previous divorce, or when uh, his kids went to live in England, and hinted that Austin's issues were more than just professional burnout. At the time this was being filmed, nobody knew just how true that was. As I alluded to earlier, but yeah. Ah, man. This was never a good... Uh, this this was a weird situation right here, man. And now getting into the more... Luckily, they were in a position where they didn't lose, like, the, uh, the flag bearer, Austin. Yeah, right. This wasn't during the Monday Night Wars when they were like, <laughs> yeah, right. oh, man, we need, we need the captain of the ship here. I mean, they had... Uh, yeah, they kind of broke glass, you know, for the rock in case of emergency, you know, but... Uh, Still, yeah, it's they had the Undertaker on top, they had Triple H on top, they had every other company was closed down. Well, any Hogan was still wildly popular, yeah. uh, Hogan was wrestling, yeah, Flair was wrestling. I mean, uh, they were they were fine, they didn't, and they had it wasn't like the biggest thing, but they had the NWO at this time. So, I mean, I don't uh, know if you guys like Kurt Angle, by the way, yeah, Kurt Angle, uh, the Radicals, uh, you know, so. Uh, Benoit wasn't, I guess he wasn't wrestling at this time. He had his neck issues going on, but still he was, was there. He's about, he's about to come back. He's not back. Yeah. He's about to. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I, the only reason I remember that was because Ross mentioned it on the show. Actually, when we see him, he's like, oh, he's recovering from neck surgery. Like, oh, I assume this was his first neck surgery. <laughs> Cause I remember when he took almost, what did he take a year off for his second neck surgery? This is, this is the, this is the second one. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Because I, I could have swear there was another time where he was out forever, and then he came back as a big baby face. And that's this I'm... one right here. Wow. Okay. Well, then I'm getting time. And then he turns heel, and then he becomes face again. It's the he was all over the map. Right. Well, getting into the more serious stuff. Oddly enough, uh, here the night before WWE Confidential aired at 4 oh, a.m. Not a joke because that was not really that serious. So <laughs> right, yeah, this this was more than just walk walking out of his sucks, job. But there's not serious about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the night before WWE Confidential aired at 4 a.m., Steve Austin's wife Deborah called 911 to their home in San Antonio, Texas, claiming that Austin had attacked her. Austin drove away in his yellow Corvette before police arrived. It's hard to picture Steve Austin driving a yellow Corvette, but okay. here we are. Cool. I was going to say it, but I'm glad you did. Can we pause and talk about he's driving a Corvette, not a pickup truck? <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, when the police showed up, they found Deborah crying with a large welt on her face. She said that Austin had hit her several times after an argument and then left when she made the 911 call. She said that she was worried about the call because of how famous Austin is and knowing uh, word would get out. She also showed them several marks on her back where he, where she said that Austin had hit her. Austin called the house twice while police were there and spoke to him, or they spoke to him and advised him to come home. Austin was cordial to, to the officers on the phone, but refused to come back to the home while they were there. Uh, Deborah declined to press charges, and because she refused to seek medical attention under Texas law, the police pretty much consider it a dead issue unless she changes her mind. Austin later returned home after they left. The national news media didn't pick up on it until Monday, at which point it became a huge story. Uh, they even had a news helicopter following Austin driving around town with an open beer in his Corvette. <sighs> God. And filmed him talking with his neighbors in the yard and also showed him flipping off the news cameras. Because Austin is a wrestler, the media treated this very serious issue as if it were almost a joke. Naturally. Yeah. 
Of course. Oh, well, he play fights. So, you know, this guy, you know, he, even though he beat his wife, you know, it, God, so effing stupid. I wish it was part of the show. I'll say that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I like how you know, it's it's just like they turn their nose up to every like, you know, they're so far above this ugh, professional well, wrestling. Chris Jericho always said it's been the redhead stepchild of anything entertainment. So, yeah, it's like, good Lord. You know, the Marvel movies are fake, too. But if uh, insert Marvel star here was caught beating their spouse. They wouldn't treat it like, oh, well, he's just... see with Ezra Miller. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that one, they don't, they're not blowing that one off. I mean, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how to respond to this crap. And it gets worse with the news stories, by the way. Uh, speaking of which, the local Fox station in Los Angeles, like everyone else, covered the Austin Deborah story on the Good Morning LA morning newscast. Uh, the story was presented as a big joke, even using the headline Smackdown at Home. One of the anchors, Jillian Barbary, refused to play along, presenting the story as a serious issue that it is. Then afterwards, she criticized. That's because she's an actual professional. Right. She was then on after- the uh, Fox uh, pregame show for NFL for years. So. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so I you named her- the one professional in the show. <laughs> right. Well, I respect her more after this. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about don't call your employers out on the air, but. Uh, said afterwards, she criticized the station's writing team live on air, calling them low class for making light of a woman being beaten by her husband. I do not disagree. It's just so stupid. It's like, I don't care what they do for a living. Austin is like three times Deborah's size. And I mean, that's that's not well, even the point. Wow. And, and it's like the size thing isn't even the issue. It's the fact that. You know, just beating your spouse in general is uh, never okay and is a serious issue. But it's like, oh, well, it involves two wrestlers. So, haha, it's a joke. Smackdown at home. I get it. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're the, you're Good Morning LA. Like, what, are you, what else are you going to cover? More drug overdoses? Uh, I just want to point out, uh, I don't know if anyone ever, watched, everyone, anyone ever watched that show, The Soup with Joel McHale, but he had like a weekly segment where he bashed his stupid coverage of stuff. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he had his pick of the litter with that. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, man. Anyone ever things. gets bored, you have nothing to do. Put in uh, Joe McHale, KTLA. There's a bunch of good stuff on there. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh. Well, with Steve Austin being all over the news that day, this led to an unannounced surprise return of The Rock on Raw. This after I was they spent... Lucky you. Can I just uh, tell you real quick, by the way, that is one of the... It's still the loudest ovation I've ever heard in my life. I've been to Warriors playoff games in that building. And it was nothing like that. My ears were piercing. They were ringing so damn loud. We did oh, not yeah. know he was going to be there. It was 100% a surprise. Well, kind of like, and I mean, I didn't read the dirt sheet, so I don't know if this was reported in the dirts or not, but it seemed like it wasn't uh, when he showed up before WrestleMania uh, 27. The freaking crowd exploded, man. Like, I thought yeah, the roof was going to cave in. I'm going to say the one in uh, Brooklyn as well when he returned with, against Rusev. Oh, man, yeah. That was crazy loud even michael Cole, like when, when he's on he's on some show it said he didn't even know he was going to be there nobody did <laughs> well it's one of them like he's he's reached that status like uh you know eric bischoff always talked about that with rick flair uh where he said he reached a certain status where he's like he could walk to the ring lighting puppies on fire and stomping them out and they'd still cheer the hell out of him <laughs> like i i want to say that's uh there are certain people that reach that said sting nobody's gonna boo sting uh nobody's gonna boo the rock yeah, so obviously, you know, I think The Rock is, well, it's not even debatable. The Rock as a superstar as a whole, I mean, a real superstar. He's bigger than Sting and 
Ric Flair combine. But yeah, either way, uh, getting back to the story here, this after they spent the whole show teasing that Austin would show up, The Rock wasn't scheduled to return. Oh, no, they didn't. They well, kept I'm... saying he's here. No one ever said Austin. Uh, well, actually, again, if, no, they, if, false reporting yet again, but whatever. Right. Well, you know who I'm reading. Uh, the Rock wasn't scheduled to return until next month to build up for a match at SummerSlam, but knowing the company was in a tough situation, The Rock agreed to come back early. The plan appears to be for The Rock to challenge for the WWE title at Fully Loaded next month. Uh, did that happen? I didn't look ahead. It did, but it was not Fully Loaded. It was Vengeance. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember. Unless they changed it on the fly. But... Yeah. There's also been talk about The Rock winning the title and then dropping it to Brock, Brock Lesnar at uh, SummerSlam. Uh, that's exactly what happens. Uh, the Rock returns, uh, or The Rock's return, rather, since it came as a complete surprise, was a flop in the ratings. If they had built it up just one week, they could have made some money on it, but not building up anything seems to be the uh, MO for WWE these days. I want to say this was against the NBA Finals, though, to be fair. Yeah, uh, I would assume during this time period, probably, yeah. Uh, between the Shawn Michaels return, the Ric Flair, Vince McMahon blow-off, and now this, that's three Raws in a row where they gave away major moments that could slash should have been built up for bigger ratings or pay-per-view money. That's well, not there's enough. no other game in town. Why do you need to build up pay-per-views? <laughs> yeah, and with The Rock back, that might, I mean, sure, you don't cash in on his return, but you get a big surprise. Also, and people, people aren't what, next week. What's not being said in here is he's not a raw guy either. He returns the raw, but he's a SmackDown guy. And he's only on SmackDown. So he's <laughs> not raw actually, he's a champion, though. So Yeah, that's actually uh, I'll get to that here in a second. But that's not even getting into the smaller detail. Well, right here, that, getting into the smaller details, such as the fact that the Rock is a SmackDown guy, so why the hell is he returning to Raw anyway? But again, the wheels are totally off the WWE train here in 2002. It's clear to see in retrospect how WWE was falling from their peak and Vince was desperately clawing at any idea he could to think of to stop oh the bleeding. Oh my god. <laughs> stop the bleeding? What the hell are you watching, dude? Good lord. I mean, yeah, everything mm. fell from its peak, but that was naturally going to happen. It wasn't anything that the WWE did or wasn't doing that led to that. I, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think, that um, there were some people that fl- they just tuned out when WCW went out of business. They didn't. It, it didn't matter if the WWE had the greatest wrestling show in the history of existence. They didn't want it because they were WCW diehards for whatever freaking reason. So, oh, now hold on. Uh, you, they said it was good in its heyday, so there was a reason to be a diehard. Now, oh, if you for mean, sure. For whatever freaking reason going off the last year. <laughs> yes, I agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. It's, but the wheels are falling off. In what way? Because uh, they were doing big business. Does he, I, is he pointing any financials at all? Has he even quoted that yet? He hasn't mentioned anything of financial. Why? Oh, wow, 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 man. Then how would you know the wheels are falling off? That's well, my copy or, or my 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 question about that. It's like, whoa, what are you talking about? Like, in what way is it falling off? Are you talking creatively? Because I think they were doing great business creatively uh, here too. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge WWE mark. You know that, but what are they supposed to do? Yeah, they got to do, do things on the fly. What are they supposed to do? You can make the argument that you know. You know here, this here's, is... here's, a, here's my backup draft for, for you know, just in case randomly. Oh, I don't know. Austin walks out. This is the backup draft because you right. know you always have one of those. <laughs> well, and the other thing is <laughs> that was getting me is like you can you can definitely make the argument 
about certain things that happen where it's like, oh, they could have done that better. But it's Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking. Well, so, yeah. At the end of the day, I don't know. It's just what's uh, what's uh, Bishop always say? Uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> right. Always. Yep. It's, it's yeah. It's like Father Time. It's undefeated. It's always twenty twenty. So, yeah. Right. <sighs> but um, yeah. Last last thing here about Austin and Deborah here. But even after the story broke about Steve Austin and Deborah, Vince McMahon went on Raw and changed his tune, saying that he hoped Austin would someday come back to the WWE. But time would tell. For now, he's gone. Uh, the Rock came out on Raw, gave a big raw raw speech to which he also pretty much buried Austin for quote taking his ball and going home. End quote. Okay, yes, he, he did do that. And he did the whole get the F out tagline. Yeah, out of everybody, I think he drove that oh, home most. That was a cheap plug, but you can't falter for it. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, it's promotion, and that was their thing at the time. I remember this whole campaign. As a kid who grew up on WWF, uh, I was honestly like, <laughs> I, I had a very bad reaction to it. I was like, I hate this. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> Obviously, you know, it's like now as an adult, I'm like, who cares? But, you know, I always said that, you know, uh, a panda did what Ted Turner and Ganya couldn't do. Right. Meet Vincent Mann. (laughs) And the thing is, they had (sighs) they had to have this the trial over in the UK. Yeah. Which is BS. Home court advantage. Do it here in America. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I guess the argument could be, though, the home court advantage that may be here. So. Just got to call that a wash. Right. Well, speaking of The Rock, his next movie, Hell Dorado, is expected to film between September until around Christmas. WWE is hopeful that The Rock can make some sporadic appearances on TV uh, those months in between filming dates, but that's going to be difficult to pull off. Indeed, he never shows up during that time. The name of the movie was also changed to The Rundown. Really good one. Guess you watch it. Yeah, it's not one of them that's like, oh my gosh, it's a classic or anything like that, but it was a fun movie. Got Stiffler from American Pie in it, and Kino from um, Ninja Turtles too. And wow, Christopher Walken. Money. And Christopher Walken oh, plays yeah. the villain. That's right. Like, he's in there. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's he's the main baddie. Maybe, so, I, need, I, mean, maybe I need to go back and watch it and watch it a while. And dude, he does a rock bottom with some idiot through a table. Come on, that's right. badass. My favorite part is when he eats that the that thing that has poison in it, and like, and he passes out, and he wakes up. He's like half like he he's half paralyzed, and so and he's like yelling yeah. at monkeys to leave him alone. <laughs> Is Rosario yeah. Dawson in there too? I'm gonna say yes. I think she was. She's all the way yeah, alive. You're not kidding. But yeah, this uh like I said, it was a it was a pretty good movie. It's the first movie I remember the right well, okay, I forgot about the mummy returns and all that, but well, so it, was, did. <laughs> it was one of his first starring roles, and it was when you can see that the rock can, you know, do stuff outside of the ring pretty pretty damn well. Moving on here, uh, you and I were literally just talking about this. Uh, it's official now. The World Wrestling Federation is dead. WWE lost its final appeal in the UK's highest court in their battle against the World Wildlife Fund. Vince McMahon had already thrown in the towel, and the company had already been renamed to WWE, but the final appeal had never been dropped. It was still going through the system. In the highly unlikely event that they somehow won the case, they planned to revert back to the WWF initials, but of course they didn't win. Just like every single lower court before them, the court handed the wrestling company its final defeat, so the WWF is dead, and the WWE lives. And it would take 12 years to be able to say WWF on TV. Yeah, it's weird. And they still, if anybody goes back and watches certain things on Peacock, they'll still blank that out. Uh, not, they don't still do it, 
the thing is, they they just got lazy and just transferred those over. They didn't transfer the masters. Right, I, I've noticed right. that. So that has to be it. Yeah. They just they got lazy and just uploaded the already edited stuff. Uh, yeah, that's that that makes sense. Uh, I, so I because there's others. There's events where they clearly say it. So I haven't noticed this, but I I don't. So I don't know if they still do it or not. But there for a while they were blurring out WWF logos too, but only in certain videos. Yeah, I don't know why they they do it on the video game. If you play 2K in the recap videos or whatever, they do blur out the WWF logos. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's and on um, it's funny right after um, NXT last night. A few weeks ago, whatever. Uh, uh, Miz TV was on, and I saw Cardona on there. And I'm a huge fan of them, and I, I watched that episode. And um, the whole episode revolved around Miz getting Cardona this Kamala Hasbro figure. And if mm-hmm. you remember the Hasbro figures in the upper left-hand corner, the, the old block WWF logo from like the 80s, early 90s, was right there. And they blurred that out on the toy on the show. Huh. So Weird. it's not just the Attitude logo. It's all of them. Yeah, right. And, and why are they doing it on their show that they produce? Is my question. Yeah. Uh, that one I don't get, man. I don't know. There's, sure, there's, there's got to be. Yeah. But just, I don't understand copyright law. I'm not a lawyer. I just pretend to be one on the podcast. But um, Oh, really? I pretend to be a doctor on here. So it looks like I'm making more than you. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now you're only a chiropractor, okay? Not a real doctor. That's <laughs> nah, a uh, masseuse with a happy ending. That's all this Good Lord. <laughs> But anyway, uh, Rey Mysterio oh, made his best, one of the best shows ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rey Mysterio made his WWE debut at a house show in San Diego, beating Chavo Guerrero. Mysterio was wearing his mask again and was said to be more impressive than anyone else on the show. Mysterio also looked substantially bigger than he did in WCW because, well, he's coming to WWE and you know how that goes. Uh, I mean, he he looked better on that. Phys- well, phys- I don't know what it rests subject to opinion, but wrestling skill. He looked better than ever when he debuted. Oh yeah, he was, was insane. He was working at a high level. Just that dude every night. is timeless. Yep. Yeah, he's still freaking going. Hmm? He's nuts, and he's been wrestling you, since he was what fourteen. You, you you know it's telling when you're still going and you're teaming with your son. <laughs> right. What does that tell you? Like on his age, I mean. No, I know, and he it, he's still like you look at him and you're like, you have a son that's this age? Like what the hell, man? <laughs> it's nuts. Yep. Uh, he's, uh, it's like he's right there with like Billy Gunn and Dustin, Kazarian Daniels. Right. He just forgot to age. I guess uh, the the whole thing about him bulking up, I guess, was um, people had talked about that before, where they said, "Oh yeah, he he for sure like bulked way up because he didn't want to, he, he didn't think he'd get over as a skinny little Rey Mysterio that he was in WCW." So, and, out of I mean, they didn't have very much looking like him anyways. Right. And he, he did bulk weight. I mean, if you look at him in WCW and then him when he pops up in WWE, it's like, damn, bro, you've been hitting that gym hard. Like, what do you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Nothing but pure protein? <laughs> but at the, at the latest WWE tapings in Atlanta, Dusty Rhodes was backstage visiting and introducing his 16-year-old son, Cody Ronalds, to everyone. Cody's been training with his father wow. to be a wrestler. Well, that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if this will turn into a, an American nightmare, if you will. No? <laughs> uh, I, I would have said just a nightmare. I mean, it would have been, uh, been false, but, like, you know, tongue-in-cheek funny. Well, I, wanna, <laughs> well, I don't want I want to specify it's not a Canadian nightmare. Those those are different. That That's when you run out of syrup. Good Lord, now who's <laughs> going to hell? 
Oh no! Wait, what do you mean Hawkins has a lockout? What? I'm gonna go hang myself. All right, I'm yeah, done. I'm done. I can't find my best pook. Uh, all right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Keep it moving here. Somebody else here, though, a rookie named Trevor Rhodes, who is trained by Harley Race, will be the upcoming or will be working the upcoming tour for Pro Wrestling Noah. This would be future WWE and NWA star Trevor Murdoch. Future NWA champion Trevor, Trevor Murdoch, or whatever his name is in NWA. Yeah, it's still Trevor Murdoch, but yeah, it still blows me away to say that. Uh, and they say that he got... He's not bad. I want to point that out. I don't know what I'm hearing the crap. He's not bad at all. It's just... Yeah. World champion? I mean, I, okay. I guess. I, and the whole reason his... I'm not the book last name going to be one on the podcast. That's two. Wow. Okay. Right. <laughs> They said the whole reason that his name was Trevor Murdoch was they said he uh, bore a striking resemblance to Dick Murdoch. Which yeah, well, yeah. What do you mean bore? You mean bears? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, if there's somebody you want to be compared to, as you and I talk about, it, it's definitely Dick Murdoch. Oh, good lord, I forgot that. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's the the name Dick has never been so fitting. But anyway, <laughs> and I know people will say, "Well, he's dead." Yeah, but. Um, he was a KKK member. I think it's okay to crap on him when he's dead. Yeah, I'd rather just not talk about him. I mean, for the purpose of this, we have to obviously, but yeah, right. I'd rather yeah. not talk about people like that. Period. Ever. It's just that's you know. Yeah, I mean, I, take your pick. Is it because they're racist? Because they're against like basically, uh, not in their mind, but they are against God. I mean, pick your take your pick. Why do you not want to talk about him? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, because they dress stupid. That 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 hood. Like, that's too much. All right. <laughs> anyway, moving on here. Uh, going over to Japan for this one here. Matoko Baba officially announced that she will be retiring as All Japan Pro Wrestling president at the end of September. It's expected that Keiji Muto will take over the role, which he ha- or which has been heavily rumored ever since he jumped ship from New Japan. I think he does. Take over. No, that is the greatest Japanese wrestler in history. He's definitely my favorite. Yes, uh, I. I, I always held him and I, he was like the first Japanese wrestler that I ever was like, Oh my gosh, he's so freaking cool. I yeah. hated him yeah. when I was a kid because you know, he always fought sting and people like that. But right. you know, I hate yeah, him. Yeah, they, I was supposed to hate him to be fair. Yeah. The uh, evil Gary Hart behind him. Yeah. yeah. Such an underrated uh, manager, by the way, I like people talking Jim, about great managers. They forget him. It's a crime. Right. I think Jim Ross was talking about, you know, we were just talking about racists and he said, uh, He's like, well, when when Keiji Muto, aka you know Great Muta, when he comes into the building, he's like, he's dressed really nice. Like he wore like expensive suits, and he had, uh, you know, his his face obviously was not painted, and his hair was done. Where he's like, you know, he turned heads with all the women in the office. Like he was a good looking dude. He's like, we we could have marketed him, but you know, if he said whenever anybody mentioned or you know suggested, oh, maybe we should put the belt on Muta, they you know everybody just was like, wait, a, a Japanese guy? Like we couldn't ever do that. They did. Yeah, well, and, and he's like, well, it, it wasn't even just a combo. It, it, it was a combo because it wasn't just to put the belt on him. It was put the belt on him and make him a baby face because he was like, well, we were lacking in top baby okay, faces. That, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, they were like, well, perish the thought. He has to be evil because he's Japanese. He said that was the entire logic behind it. Well, he's Japanese, therefore he's a heel. <laughs> and he said, I no, mean, in that respect, you can't fault Tony Khan for that latest commercial he does when – when he says that, you know, Asian people are just presented as heels. Like, okay, he's got a point there. You know, in the uh, in the 90s, yeah. But, I mean, in the last, like, I mean, Asuka has been hugely cheered and has been mostly a babyface ever since she dude, came to they, WWE. She was a heel, and they didn't work. Right. Nobody booed her. Uh, 
you know, uh, Shirai is, is kind of a, she's been a heel, but oh, people didn't really boo her. Work. Yeah, that's another one didn't work because she turned bad and like it just didn't happen. Who's gonna boo her? She's <laughs> exciting to watch. Like, good lord! Well, I'll say. <laughs> wow, uh, and that new one. Uh, what's what's her name? Sarai or Sarai? Sarai. Yeah, Sarai. Yeah, like um, she is she a baby face? Like, yeah, she is. But okay, she's a clear uh, face because like she does the whole um, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a Russo fetish, but like almost like the schoolgirl Japanese thing, and then she loves like, anime and stuff, like a, and it's like she's like a like I don't mean this in a negative way, like almost like a, a teenager. She's like, why would you right. do a teenager? You know what I mean? In that respect. My whole, yeah, from, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of her, but from what I have seen, the only thing I can get out of it is, okay, her whole gimmick is that she's a manga character. <laughs> like, Pretty much, yeah. yeah because so, like, now, I didn't realize, maybe I didn't realize it, or they're just doing it, one of the two, but last week, uh, they were coming out, and she was wearing her schoolgirl outfit, right? The camera cuts. Mm-hmm. Within a split second, she's wearing her ring gear. So, Holy cow. Yeah, which, I, if they've been doing that, I missed it. Dude, I but, would. Yeah, saw it now. Um, I'd laugh my ass off if she referred to like if she referred to somebody as senpai. How's <laughs> that? Uh, basically, like master or something like that. It's like it's always the joke of like, well, the Japanese schoolgirl, and uh, you know, it's like, oh, whatever you say, senpai. <laughs> so, wow, I would have thought it was like a martial arts thing, like sensei. That would have been my first guess. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> different direction. This is more, uh, you know, the the, the them. Them uh, websites on the internet where you have to prove that you're 18 in order to <laughs> to view them, and you know this. Okay, anyways, um, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, look, uh, you know I know a lot of things. Okay, <laughs> it's funny. My 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 nerdism ends around uh, uh, anime. I don't really, I never really watch anime. Well, Star Wars, the, Marvel, uh, DC. That's one, of, that's one of those uh, those insults you throw out at the at the weebs. Yeah, I, you know what a weeb is. I hope you do. I've I've heard of it. Yes. Okay, for anybody out there that doesn't know, I mean, you can throw it in your Google machine. Basically, it's like a huge fan of anime that's an American. That's like how for for wrestler for wrestling fans, it's ah, you're a mark, and for you know American anime fans, ah, you're a weeb. Oh, then I have like twelve friends who are weebs. <laughs> I know one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. Is that a term of endearment? If I call them that, am I getting slapped? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 like. I don't know. I, I think it has the same connotation as calling a wrestling fan a mark. So, uh, as a wrestling fan, I don't give a damn. Someone says that. Yeah. So. that's why everybody says that Kenny Omega is like the biggest freaking weeb out there. <laughs> They're not wrong. <sighs> yeah, I would say. <laughs> right. His gear, his music. His music's badass, by the way. People don't know that's from Mega Man. Uh, yeah, his music, way his he, gear, what, what he, everything he posts online. The way he, the way he used to talk in New Japan was like a villain in an anime. Like it was effing weird, but yeah. Uh, staying in Japan, though, New Japan Pro Wrestling held its annual stockholder meeting with Antonio Inoki, or uh, and Antonio Inoki couldn't even be bothered to attend. <laughs> Not a good sign. Uh, Masa Chono and Tatsuya Kawamura uh, were named. Masa, my hero, Chono. Yeah, uh, they were named to the board of directors to replace Ricky Choshu. Speaking of which, Choshu was also there and sold all of his stock in the company and left without speaking to reporters. Good for him. They're all scum anyways. Here. Hey, I'm only here so I don't get fired. Well, he sold all of his <laughs> uh, he sold all of his stock, so uh, he didn't have to talk to him. And I'm only here to say so. F you, bye. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> this next story... Uh, uh, I met him, by the way. You met who? Choshu. Oh, was, that really? like a random, was that like a random thing at the Cow Palace back in the day? You met yeah. Ricky freaking Choshu? Really? Yeah, he was there, yeah. 
wow, I didn't know he wrestled in America ever. That's I don't cool. think he wrestled that night. He was just there. Ah, but, okay. Unless he did, I'm forgetting. But I do remember meeting him because my buddy was like geeking over it. You know who that is? Because like he's a hardcore uh, New Japan fan, and uh, like, I didn't know this guy was a thing. Okay. I guess, yeah, I guess he's a he's pretty much a god over in Japan. He's like one of the elites over there. So uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't I don't think he wrestles here in America ever. So you know, um, typical American wrestling fans are like, who? I I did. <laughs> right. Uh, this next story is, I mean, it's wrestling based because of who's in it. But man, I, one of the one of the fine or a few times I've read a story about this guy and I actually feel really bad for him about this uh, in a radio interview. Oh, man, I can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not Joey, well, I'm shocked. <laughs> right. Uh, in a radio interview, Jesse Ventura announced that he will not be running for a second term as Minnesota's governor. Ventura didn't go into all of the reasons why, but he did acknowledge a recent controversy as playing a part. There's been news stories this week noting that Ventura's 22-year-old son used the governor's mansion for a late-night weekend party a while back. Cleaning crew members of the mansion went public, saying that when the parents are gone, the kid basically throws wild parties that, uh, that they have to clean up after. Ventura shot back, basically claiming that his son is being slandered and denied it, and said that the attacks on his family made him not want to run again. The news stories talked about some of the alleged damage, and Uncle Dave actually sides with Ventura here. The damage doesn't sound that bad, just some empty beer cans, a broken pool cue, and some tables were scuffed up. Uh, it doesn't sound like that wild of a party. A 22-year-old bringing his friends over to watch sports and drink some beer? Big whoop. Uh, must have been a slow news week, I'm assuming. Uh, neighbors near the mansion is have that, even... Is that Dave, by the way, that said Big Whoop? I said Big Whoop. No, but... I, was like, I was like, wait, am I going to agree with this? I'm like, yeah, who gives a damn? Yeah, I, I well, come over to was, beer and watch sports, and they're all over twenty-one. Okay, I see no problem. Oh no, they broke a pool cue, <gasps> and the and the cleaning crews have to have to you know I clean up after my local arcade one day by accident. I... <sighs> yeah, right. Well, <laughs> and another thing is like, oh no, the cleaning crews complaining because they <gasps> had to do their job. Ooh, like good. Yeah. Even the neighbors near the mansion have said that there's not been any issues with noise or disturbances either. So. Even the neighbors don't give a crap, and normally they're the first ones to raise a fuss. I mean, it was a smear campaign because he was a pro wrestler. Don't forget that part. Of course. Just how many times have we went after the media already on this podcast? <sighs> it's just another example. Gotta sell Texas. newspaper, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, nowadays, nobody sells newspapers, so... And if you still buy a news... <laughs> if, if you're still one of those people out there that buys a newspaper, I'm assuming you're over the age of 60, so good for you. And thanks for listening. Please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Got to uh, get that demographic. Yeah, right. Hey, we should hey, get our I, uh, Right. <laughs> Good Lord. Hey, uh, I, the, the only thing I bought newspaper for in the last, like, five years has been, like, packing material when I'm moving. Because <laughs> you can get a big, a yeah. big thing. You can get a big thing of it for a dollar. Uh, this is a story I was texting you about the other or last night, actually. Uh, Major League Wrestling had its debut show at the old ECW arena, and the MLW championship was won by Shane Douglas. I was today years old when I found that out. But they did an angle where they basically tried to recreate the famous Shane Douglas NWA title incident, because of course they did, uh, where Shane was going to throw down the belt, but they did an angle yeah, where sure. he's... <laughs> uh, this is just a belt. But they did an angle where he was told that he'd be fined and suspended for life from wrestling if he didn't defend the belt. You can work at Target, it's fine. <laughs> the angle didn't get over at all, and most people hated it, and it led to pretty mediocre reviews for the show overall. 
Bam Bam Bigelow was supposed to work the show, but he arrived and he found out that they wanted him to do the job to All Japan Pro Wrestling wrestler Tayo Kea. I, I think I'm pronouncing that name right. I don't know. Uh, in the first round match of the title tournament, Bam Bam said, screw that, and bounced. Steve Carino also managed to get an F. Paul Heyman chance started uh, in the ECW arena, nonetheless, which is an interesting note. Well, yeah, I think they all kind of started hating him when he showed up on WWF TV before ECW even shut the doors. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Not that I'm blaming him for that. I'm just saying to them it was a slap in the face, which I can see. Then again, running the show that he would consistently run was a slap in my face. So I don't know. <laughs> no, no, nothing. No. <laughs> uh, speaking of ECW, the Sandman will be doing a celebrity boxing match in Philadelphia soon against going against Tony Luke. No, this is not Tony Mamaluke. Uh, sign my ass up. <laughs> right. Uh, this is not Tony Mamaluke, who would use the name Tony Luke in TNA years later. This is Tony Luke. I don't. Who, he owns a bunch of sandwich shops in the area and is known of the king. He's known as the king of sandwiches in Philadelphia. That's a oh, that's a hell of a title, man. You hold that with pride. I'd get T-shirts made, especially in Philly. All I can think of when I read the story, all I could think of was that uh, that commercial, or those commercials with um, uh, what was his name Garrett something from Everybody Loves Raymond for Jimmy John's. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett, yeah, or he's uh, he's uh, Tony Baloney or whatever his name is. Like, I'm, I'm known as the king of sandwiches around these parts. Tony Baloney, it's Jimmy John, uh, Jimmy's John's again. Good grief, I, I would laugh if that's what Tony Luke actually looked like. Uh, and here's another one, uh, a lot of big news around this time, man. At the TNA debut show, Ken Shamrock is expected to win the NWA title in a battle royal gimmick. If he doesn't, it's because there's a last-minute change. But as of now, it's absolutely going to be Shamrock. And wouldn't you know who? Did, did they say this? Yes. So he actually prefaced it with, "If he doesn't win, it's because there's a change." So he actually prefaced the hashtag all the change. changed. Right. Um, but you got to. That's a new one for me from him. Yeah, well, he starts out with that. He's preempting his wrongness. <laughs> <laughs> but he was right. Shamrock did win the, the title and went on to be the NWA champion and all that. So uh, I did not like his NWA or his TNA theme, by the way. I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, uh, he was awesome, though. So. Oh, that was, a as, as the kids say, a banger. Um, it's not like the third time we've done this this week. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, yeah, everybody would have to see our text conversations. Or maybe not. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, his... Uh, he actually came back to TNA a couple of years ago and had a feud with Sammy Callahan. That was not something I had on my bingo card for the century. Or but, this uh, millennium, but yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, good news for TNA as the company reached an agreement with Dish Network, which adds another 7 to 8 million potential homes to their exposure. The only pay-per-view provider in the U.S. to not carry them now is Cablevision. I have no idea what Cablevision uh, is. What the hell is Cablevision? That's what I, yeah. I know. I have Spectrovision. Good lord, uh, Dish Network is obviously one of the big ones, so you got to land that one quick. And I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic either. So yeah, they had uh, weekly pay per views for a while. When it, when was it they actually got the show on FSN? Was 2004. It, oh, four. Okay, so they did like almost two years worth. Yeah, it was about two years worth. Oh, of, hold uh, on, now they did it even on FS1. If you remember, they were still on Wednesday night pay per view. They didn't just end it. They stayed really? on it for another year. Or so I'm pretty sure they. 
ended uh, it. Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, that's right. Because I, th- I think I remember them advertising that during Impact. They were like, ah, yeah. buy the pay-per-views every week. They would, they would like, always yeah. say Impact or our TNA returns to the Wednesday night pay-per-view this Wednesday. And it always made me laugh <laughs> and said returns to it as if they were gone forever. They, you were literally off Bro. for six days. I know. <laughs> that's why I always, I always, it was that thing, like, I, I laughed at when WWE would have those um, advertisements for matches and they're like, so-and-so, you know, these two people rekindle their feud. And it's like, you mean the one that ended, ended two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> like, hell, they're rekindling. <laughs> the TNA Cruiserweight title has been renamed the X title. The idea is that it's not necessarily going to be limited to just small guys and will act as more of a secondary title to the NWA belt with uh, not exclusively a cruiserweight thing. That and you can, you can just close your eyes and picture Eric Bischoff's head busting. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> I loved his rants about do you remember, it. I, do you remember that scene in you seen anger management, right? With Adam Sandler and yeah. Jack Nicholson. Do you remember that scene when he's like, who are you? Uh, well, I work at a firm. No, no, not what you do. Who, who are you? Oh, I'm an easy, laid back guy. No, you're just, now you're telling us about your personality. I want to know who you are. <laughs> like, that's him with the exit. What is it? It's about no limits. Yeah, but what happens? In it? Oh, there's, it's, there's no limit. What the hell is it? <laughs> yeah, okay, well, what are the limits to begin with? <laughs> if there's no limits, like, like with, the, with the hardcore title, you could explain that. You're like, well, there are no rules in the matches, like normal, whatever. It's but a cluster one, it's like, F and all over the place. <laughs> kind garbage of, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, garbage everywhere. You can pin your hey, opponent. At, yeah, any you, you, we joke, but it's true. That's, that had a purpose. <laughs> right. This one saying there are no limits. Okay, so it's a hardcore title? No, 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 no. There are rules in the, in, in the matches. Okay, then what are the limits that they're breaking? I don't get it. It's uh, it's the limit of, of gravity because they, they can fly <laughs> through the air. Right? Yeah, right. <sighs> I, I never thought of it like that until Bischoff's podcast. It kind of changed my whole, whole outlook on it. Yeah. Same thing with Conrad. <laughs> did the same thing to Hulk Hogan for me now. Every time I watch a match back, like, and I forgot to mention this on our bonus oh show, gosh, by the yeah. way, in that match, Hogan had with Bob. He was like whipping him stuff and throwing him in the pole. And I'm like, this is the face. <laughs> That's the comment. <sighs> yep. It's true, man. You, you just, never yeah, before or since saw that. <laughs> People could argue Steve Austin did that, but Steve Austin was not technically a babyface. He was like an anti-hero kind of guy that people just happened to cheer. So yeah, he was he was probably the worst heel of all time, personally. I think yeah, because right. he couldn't get over his heel. So that's the worst heel ever. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's like, like wait, wait, the guy drinking no, beer and flipping off the boss, he's the bad guy, but the, the elderly man that's trying to run his company, he's the bad one? What? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the, the guy who's looking out for the the safety and well-being of his employees? Like, yeah, no, screw him. Uh, I'll never get over that one either. <laughs> this one, God, um, didn't last long, but... We talked about him last week, too. Disco Inferno turned a job offer down to join TNA because they wanted him to change his name to Ad Man and have a gimmick where he, people would draw or print ads all over his body like they do in boxing sometimes. He sounds yeah, perfect I, for that. Yeah. The idea would that he would be covered in ads every week and then he would lose a match and a sponsor would drop out and eventually he'd have no sponsors left because he kept losing. Gee, it's hard <laughs> to see why he turned that gimmick down. <laughs> This is so stupid. Oh, God. Just for the sake of my own brain, I hope that's real. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, 
when a guy named Disco, when a guy whose gimmick was Disco Inferno tells you that gimmick is so stupid, I will not do it. You know you effed up. The guy who came up with Bill Ding and the aliens. Right. Good grief, man. He would be with TNA though within his first year, so something changed. Right. Yeah. Well, and if you notice, he pops up as just Glenn Gilberti. I want to say like a couple of names in front of it at times, like Crazy Glenn or. Somebody. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember, but he challenged yeah. for the NWA title on pay per view, so he's got that in his belt. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I believe he wrestled Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> oh, I bet that one just tore the house down. <laughs> the Blockbuster versus the Stroke, or not the Blockbuster, the Chartbuster. Excuse me. <laughs> I probably did as much money as that house show in like uh, Mississippi. Eric Bischoff talked about where it was. Uh, uh, what was that guy the bunk, Bunkhouse Buck and Jimmy uh, Graffiti? <laughs> right. Yeah, they had a 60 minute uh, Texas death match. It's just, you know, man. He said, tore the house down. He gave them both the $250,000 bonus. <laughs> Too bad they never got it on camera. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, this next one, speaking of uh, people who would be in and out of TNA here, uh, Ed Ferrara is involved in writing the TNA shows along with Jeff Jarrett and Jared Jarrett. Huh? Well, you know. Uh, Vince Russo is writing as well, even though that's still top secret. Jeff Jarrett was in the pits for the recent NASCAR Kroger 300 race with Tony Sadler, God, uh, who is scheduled to be at TNA's debut show. Former ECW manager Sinister Minister will be a part of the company using his real name, James Mitchell. K-Crush, a.k.a. Father James Mitchell. Yeah, I ain't calling him that. Uh, K-Crush, a.k.a. Ron Killings or R-Truth, is expected to be one of the main heels in the promotion. I don't think he was a heel for long. No, he, he people went boom. Yeah, and then he he is a former NWA champion for anybody out there that doesn't know. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Now he's like the 500 time 24 7 champion. 24 7, uh, 14, 28, 7 11, highway 5 champion. Yeah, yeah. European. Yeah, European <laughs> UK champion. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Russo, officially Vince Russo is still not involved in TNA, but he has submitted a bunch of ideas, uh, many of which are expected to be implemented uh, on the debut show. I want to point out now, this is two times. Apparently he's, quote, not been involved, but was involved. Anyone remembers about the whole Dixie getting thrown off when, the spike? When this you, is twice this happened. <laughs> when you are such a pariah that they have to keep your employment hush-hush, uh, maybe you shouldn't employ this guy. That's just a thought. Know. Not an expert, but yeah, I think you might be right. However, officially, he's not part of the company. He's still got to have a quick cup of coffee in the WWE before they kick him off, or kick him to the curb again, at which point he'll finally decide to join TNA for real. This was the time that I had brought up to you earlier uh, at, at a different podcast where Bruce Pritchard talked about it. He said they hired him in just to see, you know, what he, I don't think they officially hired him. I think they brought him in to see what he had. And first, first of the thing he said, he wanted to strip all the champions of their titles and have tournaments, bro. And then second, he was his his question was he was like, bro, uh, has Triple H and and Chris Jericho ever feuded, bro? And they're like, that was literally the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> and he said so. It was extremely obvious from day one that he didn't watch the product. <laughs> and WCW had been shut down for a year at this point. There are no excuses. Like, you know, no, there is an excuse. There's something wrong with that man's head. That's a, that's a great excuse. Well, yeah. 
But it's like, you know, they always say before you start working somewhere, maybe research the company, you know, find out a little bit about it and then go in for your interview. Don't just go in and they're like, oh, what do you know about us? It's like, um, uh, USA, you, nine o'clock, bro. Every Monday. You employ people? <laughs> That's what I know about you. Uh, half naked. Well, actually, uh, actually to be fair, no. According to everybody, they don't employ anybody. It's opportunities. Oh, well, yeah. That's what Christian says. <laughs> Uh, what, what do you know about the WWE? Uh, Half-naked men roll around and sweat all over each other in the ring? <laughs> God dang it, pal. He's got it. Speaking of a promotion that uh, is going downhill, though, the WWA promotion is in big trouble. They have a show scheduled for Ireland soon, and tickets, uh, ticket sales for that show are pretty decent. However, every other show in the bo- on the books looks to be dying. They have three shows scheduled for Germany next month, and all three shows have less than 500 tickets sold each. The German promoters are wanting to cancel a tour, but WWA promoter Andrew McManus has a contract that will result in a lot of financial penalties for him if the shows are canceled, so he's fighting for it. Lex Luger is booked for the tour, uh, which would be his first time wrestling since WCW went down. They're also still promoting names like Jeff Jarrett and other TNA-contracted talent. However, with their new plan of running live every week, it's going to be hard for any of them to go to get overseas, work the tour, and still do the TV, t- uh, the TNA tapings. Uh, yeah, they they died <laughs> very shortly after this. I don't know is exactly this, when. But... Is this the uh, famous company where Lex Luger had that brawl with the shirt in his promo? It might have been. I don't remember. Uh, he... <laughs> He had some hilarious moments. There was, there was one, this might have been the company, uh, maybe the same promo, where they said, where he's like, I'm going to be wrestling it. So, and he looks at the guy for the, and they're like, Super Sunday. And he's like, Super Sunday? <laughs> he like looks all confused. It's <laughs> uh, like, was he talking about like, oh, wait, that's the show I'm on? Or it's called that? <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, we're live, pal. All the above. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, another show. Uh, Another dead promotion here, man. XWF is making one last grasp to survive, even though they've been saying this for almost a year now. The promotion is claiming once again to be very close to getting a TV deal. If it goes through, the plan is to hold a press conference to announce it and then tape five weeks of TV to air in September and October with plans to air a pay-per-view sometime in late October. However, this seems pretty folly since they lost all of their top stars like Hulk Hogan, Kurt Hennig, and Jerry Lawler, all of whom... Uh, were involved at the beginning, but have all since returned to WWE, though Hennig has since been fired by WWE again, so he's technically available. Uh, even if... The, well, in 2002, those three names are huge stars. I know, right? <laughs> uh, even if this miraculously happens, most of the marketable names left out there uh, have already been signed, or have already signed short-term deals with TNA that would last through October, so they wouldn't be available either. So XWF will be struggling to fill a roster with names anyone even cares about. Obviously, this never happens. It's a shame because it been something. Yeah, right. I <laughs> I saw uh, Brian Zane on. If anybody looks up wrestling with regret, Triple W Kick City, on YouTube. Bro. Oh yeah, uh, close personal friend of Greg's, of course. Um, he uh, uh, on, he on his channel. Podcast, I'm mad at. It. I've asked him twice. Yeah, he said he doesn't do podcasts, but I don't know. He did keep it at 100, and they crapped all over him like he was a mark but that's I think kind of that's probably why he didn't want to do it i'm actually like he's genuinely a cool guy yeah he seems he seems cool i shook his hand at uh russellcon 2018 he's uh he seems cool see him in every single apw show <laughs> right and he's just he's a cool dude and he's the illegitimate son of uh jim Cornette. wink wink <laughs> uh, i don't like him anymore he blocked him 
Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they, they had a falling out, as does Jim Cornette with literally everyone on the planet. <laughs> Except, Except for the great Ryan Last. And Brian. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, last couple stories I hear, or I have here, are um, MMA-related. This first one, UFC will make its TV debut as part of a 30-minute segment on Fox Sports' The Best Damn Sports Show, period. It will be hosted by Fear Factor host Joe, Joe Rogan, who is a huge UFC fan and has a lot of martial arts experience himself. I like how at this time they're just they're referring to Joe Rogan as oh he's, he hosted Fear Factor you remember that uh, that guy <laughs> Fear is not a factor for you. Uh, twenty years late you know fast forward twenty years he hosts the biggest podcast in the world like him or hate him and he's been doing UFC since two thousand two so there you go. Uh, but the idea is to show one full fight in its entirety, which will be Robbie Lawler versus Steve Berger, with highlights of other fights to fill out the rest of the time. Uncle Dave criticized them for not putting on Chuck Liddell versus Vitor Belfort on the show, or at least airing highlights of it. Obviously, that's a strong pay-per-view draw, and uh, that's where the money is. But you only get one chance to make a good impression, and Uncle Dave thinks that it would be in UFC's best interest to give TV viewers a taste of their best foot forward and try to get somebody like Liddell over as a new large audience, or with a new large audience. Yeah, my first thing I'm going to say is 2022, Robbie Lawler is about to fight in July in the UFC. <laughs> And he's Freaking still nuts, man. pretty damn good. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, do you know who Steve Berger is? I don't recognize that name. Don't. Okay. Don't. Yeah. If anybody out there knows if we if we should know, please, you know, let us know. Uh, I have no idea. Greg's a big UFC fan. I watch here and there. Uh, but yeah, I get wanting to put. You know, Liddell was obviously very marketable. He's still. Uh, well, he wasn't. He wasn't the Iceman yet. I mean, you know, he was just. He wasn't like the dominant champion yet, to my knowledge. I don't think. Just, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously they knew he was going to be, and they were completely right. But um, yeah, well, him and him and Belfort, I'm sure, was a good fight. Uh, Dave thinks that's a much more marketable fight than Lawler versus Berger. Hard to this disagree. is when Vitor was the 19 year old phenom, I think. Yeah, right. So uh, I mean, I can see Dave's point. However, uh, you know, 22 to 20 years later, uh, they're doing just fine. Last they're doing their best business ever, apparently. Yeah. Wow. Nuts. The uh, last story I have here is uh, your favorite fighter in mine, Greg. The Bob Sapp fight in K1. Oh, was, good lord. <laughs> that was talked about Can't last week. I believe him a fighter, by the way. <laughs> in the most technical ter- like version of it, yeah, he is technically a fighter. Look my uh, notes. The Bob Sapp in K1 that was talked about last week, in which Sapp basically mauled his opponent in such a way that he got disqualified, was at least partially a work. Had it not been, Sapp would have been immediately fired and not given a rematch with the same opponent six weeks later. There's a pretty good chance that his opponent didn't know that the people who ran into uh, ran in to separate them after the fight didn't know either. But Uncle Dave seems pretty confident that Sapp was instructed by someone higher up in K1 to do what he did. Do you know about any of this? I don't think he kept up with K1. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't keep up with it. Was K1 MMA or was that kickboxing? It was, it was like a hybrid, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. Uh, Bob Sapp never really did anything in fighting that was like massively great. He, according to you, he sucked. He did better stuff in wrestling, and I don't even know what that thing. Yeah, right. I so, loved him in the longest yard. I thought he was great in that. Yeah, he's a pretty good actor. He's been in a couple of movies. I mean, he's not like you know going to be winning awards, or whatever. He's comedy relief, but still, he's big and intimidating. Everybody, every movie needs something like that anyway. So you know, someone's got to fill the role. So. Right. Well, like uh, when uh, Great Khali is in a movie, he's there literally to look big and scary. 
Also and, in the same movie with Bob Sutton. <laughs> right. And he's also there to make you laugh on occasion. I mean, all he had to say in his, with his uh, giant voice was, oh, my balls, and everybody laughs. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, that does it for the news and notes. Time to get into the event itself. This one was actually a good one. And uh, to celebrate, you know, two years, I figured, you know, we're going to go a little long on this one. It's all good. But we're going to dive into the event itself on the other end of this break right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. We're back. It's time to dive into WWE King of the Ring 2002. To place on June 23rd, 2002, a theme song was Ride of Your Life by Neurotica. You remember that on, was it Forcible Entry? Yeah. Yeah, they put all those, they put a handful of uh, the theme songs on there. Uh, the venue is a nationwide arena in Columbus, Ohio, as mentioned earlier, with an attendance of 14,198. And the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.82. That's, uh, 
kind of crazy. They were at Oakland in Oakland for Raw the week before, so they went all the way across the country for this. They didn't really. I know. Put their events close together. <laughs> like California, Ohio. Makes sense. I got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, they talked about that crazy stuff in like the 80s, but I, th- I didn't think they did that quite so much around this time. I'm sure the, the wrestlers just love that going, you know, it's a three hour <laughs> time difference. For people that have never traveled like that, that messes you up, man. It does. I recently did it. Re- I did it recently. Yeah, and it's like you're you're thrown off for at least 24 hours. So, but uh, anyway, this one amounted to uh, 320,000 buys, which was pretty good. Uh, King of the Ring was one of the big ones at the time, so they usually did pretty good numbers. But we open up with a, with recap footage uh, of all the King of the Rings of the past leading up to this one. And the opening match is a King of the Ring tournament match between Chris Jericho and Rob Van Dam in about 14 and a half minutes. Jericho uses a bunch of dirty tactics in this one. In the end, both men get on the top rope, but Jericho slips and gets crotched, flopping into the ring. RBD then hits the five-star frog splash for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarters of a star. My God, I gave it an even, <laughs> I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it an even four. I love this. What saves off that quarter? I know. It's like, well, uh, his uh, Chris Jericho being a Canadian naturally shaves off a quarter of a star. I, I don't freaking know. Or man. RVD doing weed. Out. Yeah, I, I I always hate that when it's like three quarters of a star. It was almost there. Like, okay. Please, Uncle Dave, show us your amazing matches that are five stars. Come on, see how this works. In the Tokyo Dome, by the way. <laughs> Gotta say that. Uh, but <laughs> I love how when, uh, whenever uh, Pritchard mocks that it pisses conrad oh god is it not true <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and i was like uh please please tell us that it's not true please anyway um after the match jerry the king lawler gets in the ring to interview rob van dam king asks rvd if he would rather face test or brock lesnar in the neck in the uh finals rvd says that he doesn't care if it's test brock or godzilla no one is going to stop the, him uh stop the king of the ring from being rob van damn and then chris jericho jumps him from behind locks in the walls of jericho and shouts i'm the king of the world i'm the king of the world <laughs> yeah titanic has been out of theaters for like five years at this point <laughs> i know he, he he was a big fan okay he he uh you know every time you say uh james cameron it doesn't matter if it's a uh, for for uh you know a chick flick or whatever he'll, he'll be right on it man <laughs> He'll be he'll be front row for the new Avatar movie. Like, oh boy, <laughs> I'm not putting down. The movie, but... <laughs> right. uh, anyway, but uh, Jericho even four or like ref- a bunch of referees break this up. <laughs> Jericho forearms one of them in the face. I was like, damn, dude. <sighs> but backstage, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar are watching the monitor. Paul Heyman <laughs> hypes Brock up, <laughs> saying that I love the playing part where he acts like Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, Paul? Like, are you okay? No. Of course he's not. But anyway, uh, Paul Heyman hypes Brock up, saying that people still think he's King Kong or Godzilla, but they don't get it. Brock is real. And tonight, he becomes the king of the ring. And there we go. We get this up next. It is Test versus Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman in his corner. In another King of the Ring tournament match, tournament brawl, it goes for 8 minutes, 18 seconds. 
These were like two bulls locking horns. They just beat the piss out of each other. Test actually gets a near fall off a pump handle slam. He then connects with a running big boot for another near fall. Tries for a second big boot, but Heyman smacks him in the back to distract him. And Test oversells it like he got a chair to the back or something. Uh, but then Brock hits an F5 on him for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave only gave this a half a star. But considering who is in it, I gave it like two and a half, three stars. Say you. I gave it three. I thought it was really great. What the hell was you watching? I know. I'm like, I have a star. I was into this match. I didn't think I would be. I'm not. I wasn't the biggest test fan in the world. Man, these guys just beat the crap out of each other. I'm like, hell yeah, man. I, I don't get it. This is this is weird. He crapped on a few things on the show that I was like, what the hell are you watching, man? Well, I'm, to be fair, building up to this, we heard him say it. The, what do you say? The wheels were off. Yeah, the wheels were falling off the tree. Yeah. Uh, they're going down. Yeah, good word. Uh, but we now go backstage with Jonathan Coachman asking Raw wrestlers which one of the two Raw superstars that advanced in the tournament are going to win. Bubba Ray Dudley gets stopped first and goes on some tangent about how happy he is to see two Raw superstars there, but he doesn't see RVD beating Brock Lesnar. He then says that he's going to bounce back from his recent slump and make an impact here. We now switch to some blonde guy who they don't name. Do you know who the hell this guy was? Mark Lloyd. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, the blonde guy uh, is who we don't know is standing outside of the SmackDown locker room. A frustrated. His name's looking. Mark Lloyd, by the way. I'm not joking. That's really Mark Lloyd. Oh, Mark Lloyd. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just joking. You didn't hear me. Oh yeah, well, his name was too, Mark Lloyd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, a, a frustrated-looking Lance Storm and Christian bust out of the locker room and are asked about their thoughts on RVD versus Brock Lesnar. Lance Storm says that it was supposed to be Chris Jericho versus Test for an all-Canadian final. Christian says that WWE is prejudiced against Canadians, and the entire world hates America. Okay, i got to stop right there real quick. He said that it was supposed to be an all-Canadian final, but it's two Americans because WWE is racist. I'm like, so you mean to tell me that the, the two Canadians lost their matches due to racism? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Also on that point, is are, is Canadian a race? I thought it was an. I don't know. I go back. I go back to what we've been talking about in the podcast from day one. Like you know, in the, in in America, maybe in the world, but specifically America, you know, no black jokes, Mexican jokes, Asian jokes, homophobic jokes. But Canadians, oh, it's wide open. Go ahead, hey, open open field, uh, open season on them. Go. Well, why? Yeah. <laughs> why is that okay? Well, and on top of all that, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, I just got to say, don't blame Canada. Blame yourself. Right. But Lance Storm, oh, well, you know, Lance Storm I'll says. I'll blame Canada. Blame Canada. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I wonder if that was in response. I wonder if him saying that was in response to Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, uh, Lance, Storm, Lance Storm says that. They, they were still young at that time, too. I think about that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy. Four years of thinking. But Lance Storm says that they need to carry the flag of civility and peace before walking off. I assume that's the Canadian flag. Uh, you mean the one with the leaf on there that RVD would smoke? Yeah, right. Uh, Jim Gaffigan made a joke about that. He was like, everybody else, you know, their their flag is is you know representative of something strong or or the national religion or or you know a big battle or you know whatever. Canada's like, yeah, put a leaf on it. Hell so, yeah. Like, uh, like, are you are you sure? Just just a leaf? Yeah, we got a lot of maple leaves up here. Put that on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
But back at ringside, JR and King send us to Michael Cole and Taz. Cole is stick thin at this point and looks like a youth pastor. His hair. Tell man. me I'm wrong. about that hair. Oh, no, you know, yeah. it looks like he wants to tell me the good news, but his hair. He's like, hey, guys, we're going to we're going to learn about Jesus. But let me break out my acoustic guitar first. <laughs> it's like, man, Drees, my piece of butt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my name is Michael Cole. Okay. What the F? <laughs> but uh, we go up now to this match. It is the Hurricane defending the Cruiserweight title against Jamie Noble with Nidia. So I'm what, about 11 and a half minutes long. All the way live. You ain't kidding. Uh, this storyline with Hurricane and Nidia was incredibly ridiculous, in my opinion, especially when you hear Michael Cole and Taz running it down for us. <laughs> yep. The whole deal, for anybody that doesn't know, is the storyline was that Nidia was the girlfriend of Hurricane years ago, but he dumped her, and now she's vengeful, and her new boyfriend is going to beat him up. And her new boyfriend's Jamie Noble. So she lost the comic nerd for the trailer hick. Yeah, right. I did like that his finisher, finishing submission was called the trailer hitch. <laughs> I thought it was funny. But uh, Hurricane has Noble beat, but Nydia gets on the apron to distract the referee. Hurricane confronts her and then moves just in time for Noble to run in a blaster, and she falls off the apron. Later, Noble crotches Hurricane on the top rope. He powerbombs Hurricane, and then Nydia knocks Hurricane's boot off the rope. This leads to Noble getting the three-count win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it two and a half stars. What say you? I gave it two. It was decent. Yeah, it wasn't amazing. And you could tell that they just got that new Cruiserweight title, too, because the pre-match graphic was still the WCW Cruiserweight title with the WWE logo over it. Uh, Because I was like, when they showed that graphic, I was like, wait a minute, is Hurricane still wearing the old? And I was like, nope, that's the new one. So Uh, Switch must have been really recent. We now see footage from Sunday Night Heat where The Rock entered the building. Now we go to Terry Runnels standing by with Eddie Guerrero, who's getting awfully touchy with her. She sends it the footage from Raw where Chris Benoit says that he blames Ric Flair for ruining his life. Ric Flair punches Benoit, and both Benoit and Guerrero jump Flair, beating him down. Terry asks Eddie, now back at the show here, uh, if he's worried about facing an angry Ric Flair, and Eddie goes on, <laughs> goes off saying hola to all of his family members. This this is kind of funny, because he like completely ignores the question, and he's like, I want to give a shout out to all my brothers, Hector, Mando, Chavo, and he's like, and all my cousins, Chewy, and <laughs> oh my god. Never mind Chavito Jr. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to say hi to little Timmy. He's this kid that we just adopted a week ago, man. <laughs> like, holy crap. Okay, I'm so glad you said adopted. Like, there's no Mexican named Timmy, okay? I guarantee you. But... Yeah, I know. When you said little Timmy, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> little uh, Timmy, our, uh, our gringo nephew. <laughs> yeah, right. And he, uh, he He's a little special, all right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, he then mocks Flair and says that he's not worried because Flair is loco and Eddie is in the best shape of his life. He's not lying, by the way. He is in phenomenal shape here. Uh, he says that he's going to put... This was when he left after his... Um, I think it was his last ever drug bender and he came back. And... Oh, this was, there when, you go. this was when he came back? Oh, yeah, that does make sense. He okay. just returned yeah. at Backlash, I believe. And Ben Wall yeah. came back a couple weeks prior, so they were looking at the same time. And Malenko and Saturn are gone, aren't they? At least not wrestling, but I know... Well, yeah. Uh, I don't think Malenko ever left until, you know, the last couple of years. But... Anyway, Guerrero says that he's going to put Flair in the retirement home tonight, and that leads us to this. It is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, versus Eddie Guerrero in 17 minutes. I believe that the theme for Ric Flair is dubbed here. Uh, yep. 
because this is when they lost the rights to it for a minute. Oh, so they dumped over the master. Yeah, because they still use it on the uh, show, but they lost the rights. Yeah. To, I believe they lost the rights to this, the Hardy Boys, and something else. Booker T. Booker T. Oh, yeah. oh, Booker T. Yeah. Really? Yes, yeah, some random ass ones. Yeah. If anybody wow. ever played that game Crush Hour? Uh, yeah, those were all dubbed over on there. One of the old SmackDown Lord. games on PS2, the Hardy Boys had the dubbed version of their current song. Wow. Yeah, this one. Uh, I I had thought maybe Flair owned the rights to his theme, and they just had a falling out recently. So I, that was my guess. So I I did not know that. Thanks for clearing that up. Uh, what they dub his theme over with here, for anybody that doesn't know, is his the theme he used during his first run in the WWF. Uh, but to the actual match here, uh, Flair manages to get a little busted open at one point in this one because of course he does. Just a little, huh? <laughs> yeah, he didn't he didn't bleed a gusher here, which was actually the real surprise. Uh, this one was pretty slow in plotting. Benoit comes down to the ring at one point. When the ref gets back, uh, gets held back by Eddie Guerrero at one point, Benoit pulls Flair out of the ring and locks in a crippler crossface. The ref finally slides out uh, once the hold is broken and kicks Benoit out of the arena. While the argument's going on, however, Butter Ray Dudley slides in behind Guerrero and hits a bubba bomb on him before Chris Benoit chases him off through the crowd. Flair now slides into the ring and pins Eddie Guerrero for the three count. Uncle Dave and I both gave this two and a half stars. I was honestly expecting a banger. And this was not it. What say you? Gave it to was, yeah, could have been a lot better. Should have been a lot better. It's Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair. How was this not at least three to four stars? I just, uh, I don't know, man. It's mind-boggling. If I remember, if I remember correctly, I'm like, why is Bubba Ray involved? There might have been a thing yeah. happened on Hall or something, but well, he just said something about. Um, he, he was yeah, like, he just said something about making an impact. impact. Right. Yeah. I'm like, this is just random. Yeah, I know, right? But either way, uh, after this, we now go to a commercial for getting the F out of WWF. We then get to. These were terrible, by the way. Yeah, it was really stupid. But we then get a view of the world in Times Square, which, for all of you that don't know, was a like a restaurant nightclub thing they had. That it used to be WWF New York, but they changed it to the world because they thought that it would be more inviting to non-wrestling fans. Uh, spoiler, it was not. Uh, we went but, into it as the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, right. Uh, we see William Regal and Christopher Nowinski sitting at a table. They mock their waitress for going to community college and not Harvard. So she runs <laughs> yeah. her finger through Nowinski's food while he isn't looking. Oh, man. And we then go to this. It's Trish Stratus defending the WWE Women's Championship against Molly Holly in 5 minutes, 41 seconds. Storyline around Molly. Because that's that, all they're worth, apparently. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the storyline around Molly is that she's got a large backside, and King keeps calling her a fat ass. <sighs> Stuff that wouldn't fly in 2022 and shouldn't have flown back then. Like, really? Was she fat? Like, get real. And even if she was, for God's sake... In the end, Trish rolls Molly up in an O'Connor roll. Molly rolls through and grabs the tights for the win. Uncle Dave gave this a star and three quarters. I gave it two stars <laughs> even. What say you? <laughs> three quarters. So dumb, I, dude. I hated it. I gave it one. Yeah. Way too damn short. Yeah, you don't say. This, this freaking sucked, dude. I, I, I mean, the match didn't suck. It sucked that they gave it less time. You know, I, I feel like I don't know. This is two of the better women's wrestlers on the roster. 
Trish was finally starting to break out into a decent wrestler. Molly was always good, so I don't know. Uh, that same blonde guy from earlier, which you said was uh, Mark Lloyd. Lloyd. Jeez, okay. you're right. That's yeah. Oh, lest I forget. Promo with the Rock with him. No, he's like he's like, hey, oh, damn, Coach, you shrink and got white. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> That's, goes, no, it's me, Mark Lloyd. Wait, Mark Lloyd? The Mark Lloyd is actually talking to the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. I feel like this uh, promo, people. It's great. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I've got to see that. <laughs> I vaguely remember this fool, but he must not have been there for very long. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> well, either way, he's uh, now backstage again interviewing Kurt Angle. Since Kurt had his head shaved after losing a hair versus hair match to Edge a while back, he's now wearing a wig under wrestling headgear. To That's not a wig. Okay, he told you. Okay, he used to, uh, some hair restoration stuff and just worked too well. Yeah, Jeez. right. And and now it just falls off at you know from time <laughs> to time. <laughs> But he looks like Rick Steiner here, by the way. Yeah, uh, especially he, like in the early 80s like with the right. hair. <laughs> uh, when the interviewer says that he's going to uh, – this is a battle of the real American heroes, Kurt Angle gets angry. He says Hulk Hogan is only a, quote, real American hero because that's what Vince McMahon told him to be. However, Angle trained and represented America in the Olympics. He's a real American hero. It's a little hard that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's kind of hard to, to argue. Uh, he reminds us about what he did at the King of the Ring last year and says that he's going to make Hulk Hogan tap out tonight. And, and the uh, year before that, he won the King of the Ring. So right, funny he yeah. left that out. Huh? Yeah, he won it two years ago. Last year, he freaking damn near murdered Shane McMahon live on air. So that was something. <laughs> well, it's not like Shane didn't damn near murder him back. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Payback is a you-know-what, man. <laughs> <laughs> that again, I can't put that all on Kurt either because Shane was calling for him to do that to him. But this one is Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus Kurt Angle in a uh, in 12 minutes, 8 seconds. WWE didn't dub in Real American, which is what they usually do, but they had some rip-off instrumental version of uh, Voodoo Child for Hogan. And it's funny because Hogan's still doing the Voodoo Child, like, mannerisms, whatever. Like, when he gets in the ring, he does yeah. the chop-it-down motion. It's kind of funny, too, when they dub in Real American, it just looks even worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I'm kind of glad they did this. It's like... Every, every time I see him coming out to Real American, I'm like, eh, this looks stupid. But during the match, Hulk Hogan follows through with his promise and pulls Angle's wig off yet again. Angle acts like he's going to leave as Hogan dances around in Angle's headgear. Uh, <laughs> Angle rushes back with a chair. Hogan dodges, and the chair bounces off the top rope to smack Angle in the face. Hogan goes for a leg drop, but Angle catches the leg and locks in an ankle lock. They roll around for a bit. Until and Angle uh, refuses to release the hold, and Hogan finally taps out. Uncle Dave only gave this two stars. I give it two and a half. Uh, it was fine. What say you? I gave it three. I really like this. Also, I think it was the first and only time Hogan's ever tapped out. I could be wrong on that. It's pretty yeah, smart. You can count them in on one hand. That's for sure. Uh, I guess yeah, this... technically the Luger on uh, Nitro One Hundred coming up soon. By the way, yeah. I don't right. know if he really tapped though. I don't know. He lost. He lost on the torture rack. So I mean, I guess it's however you want to look at it. But yeah, he submitted in one way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I felt like something was just. I don't know. It just wasn't there for me. I, it was the match was fine. It, it was in no way a bad match. I just I don't know. But after the match, Angle puts the, his wig on and the headgear over it and celebrates again. We now go backstage to, <laughs> to this. That's why I put it back on. Yeah. Right. By the way, he would lose it permanently, I believe, on the next SmackDown. So, 
Yeah, that was so stupid. I mean, it was funny for a minute, but I'm like, all right, man, just let it go. And he was quickly becoming the wrestling machine here. But we now go backstage where Booker T is hiding his face as Goldust walks up wearing... I was being a smart ass. I said Goldust is wearing gold face here. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he's dressed like The Rock. He even has like a painted on eyebrow. And he does the finally line. Goldust and talks to Booker T like he's The Rock. And then the real Rock walks up behind Goldust and scares him. The Rock drops the real finally line and tells Goldust that he'll never be The Rock. I like when he's like, take the shirt off. Take my shirt off. And he's like, no, 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 no never mind. Don't take it off. He's like, you paid for that, right? <laughs> Uh, but Booker T says that he doesn't have to worry about Goldust. He's got to worry about Booker T. Then Booker says that he respects The Rock stood up for WWE and told those who don't want to be there to get the F out. Uh, the Rock says that he meant it. And while he uh, he and Booker don't see eye to eye, they're both there for the WWE title. He calls Goldust a freak. <laughs> uh, and Booker is a freak like me. And, he's, and he says that Booker T needs to lay the smack down on the NWO's candy asses. Uh, if you've never seen this segment, you need to go out of your way. Check it out. It's it, There's too much to describe here, but it's effing hilarious. It's just, it's just like when The Rock is like, quit it. Quit with the deep breathing. Quit with the with the stupid eyebrow and the black hair. And, and quit rubbing yourself. Just stop all of it. <laughs> uh, this was some good uh, stuff, uh, man. Classic. Good crap, pal. Oh, yeah. But then we go it's from rock. that. Hell, yeah. We go from that to this. It is Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman in his corner taking on Rob Van Dam for the 2002 WWE King of the Ring Finals. This one went 5 minutes 42 seconds. This was a great big man versus smaller man match. Heyman gives RVD a hot shot at one point, and RVD ends up hitting him with a basement dropkick. Brock then hits Van Dam with an F5 for the win. Uncle Dave gave it three quarters of a star. My God, I give it to an... For being under six minutes, I gave it uh, two and a half for being average. What say you? I gave it two, and they have a better match the next month. That's a attention. Yeah, I mean, I thought these two worked well together, and Brock Lesnar was already looking fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, he was it was great. But I don't know, freaking Dave, man, with some of his ratings, it's like, what? What are you even watching? It's the Melter scale, dude. Yeah, sorry, it's not a. A non-American with a name that nobody can pronounce, you know, going against another person exactly like that in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> and I'm not crapping on Japanese wrestling. I love New Japan, but uh, like, come on. Either way, uh, there's not really any fanfare for Lesnar's win. He celebrates with Heyman for a minute, and then they leave. Oh yeah, by the way, he's king of the ring. He gets a title shot at SummerSlam. Alright, anyway, moving on. Opportunity. Oh, excuse me, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is like the year before with Edge, he even got a trophy. Brock just got like, good for you, pal. See you later. I mean, uh, sure, he, he has a title match at SummerSlam, but still, like, it's just like, all right. I, I just love that um, going into SummerSlam, there's like a myriad of opponents he could have faced Undertaker, Triple H, Rock, Angle. And I believe mm-hmm. Flair gets a shot at the title on Raw when Rock has it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But Triple H is shown walking backstage before he runs into Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash, who are mean mugging him. Shawn then smiles and hugs Triple H, and then Nash hugs him. 
six or oh, I put six. I meant X Pac and uh, Big Show are there. Oh, he's in the NWO, so technically he can be six. Yeah. Well, uh, they are there. Uh, you know, X Pac and Big Show to round out the end of Lebo. Good. Uh, yeah. By the way, I mean, just looking at it, man. Big Show is so out of place. Yeah, he looked <laughs> weird. I'm like, it's like the click and then Big Show. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I had completely forgotten that, that that shirt existed that Kevin Nash was wearing, where it was just the NWO logo, but it was just a four. I'm like, yeah, it was like for a minute. Uh, yeah, I'm like, that looks kind of dumb. But either way, uh, Triple H walks off. Nash tells him that if he needs him out there, throw up the two sweet sign and they'll come help. Yeah. But then Paul Heyman comes out to join JR and King on the commentary before the main event. And that takes us to our next break. It is our second to last break here on the other end of this. We're going to get into the main event for the Undisputed title right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by belly up sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, AKA Shaggy Von Doom, the host of here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It is The Undertaker defending the WWE Undisputed title against Triple H in the main event here. It went. Man of 20, <laughs> uh, It went 23 minutes, 44 seconds. 
these two get plenty of time. Uh, at one point, referee Earl Hebner gets bumped, and uh, then we get a double down. Paul Heyman has been trashing The Rock on commentary, so The Rock's music hits, and he comes down to chase Heyman off before taking his place on commentary. I will admit that was an original reason, like a creative reason to get The Rock down there. So I'll give him that. Uh, he, he didn't just come out just because. Uh, when The Undertaker and Triple H fight outside the ring, Undertaker boots The Rock in the face. In the face! <laughs> uh, and he, he goes to hit Triple H with a chair, but The Rock stops him and punches the crap out of him. He goes to hit Taker with a chair, but Taker ducks, and Rock blasts Triple H before The Undertaker cremates The Rock. Triple H is busted open now. Uh, Taker hits the last ride on Triple H, and Nick Patrick slides in to make a two-count. Undertaker gets angry and socks Patrick in the face, leading to The Rock coming in and unloading on The Undertaker before hitting a rock bottom and finally leaving. Triple H makes the cover, and Earl finally wakes up to make a two-count. Kevner's still half-dead, so when Triple H hits a pedigree, Earl can't make the count. So Triple H goes over and starts dragging him to where he's going to pin The Undertaker, and The Undertaker low-blows Trips, rolls him up, grabs the tights, and wins the match. Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I gave it three. Let's see you. I gave it three, too. Like, seriously, I know we already said, what the hell was he watching? Yeah, a half a star. I know there was a lot going on, but for God's sake, you've got to be effing blind. Or stupid or a combo. Wow. Yeah, this wasn't the best match they could have had, but what the hell? That was not the best match they did have. No, yeah. I don't know. That ending, by the way. Super angry. Super angry this time, I guess so. He's just a little butthurt about something. But either way, that. uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, the ending there is what one of the things I was talking about was kind of out of character for The Undertaker. I mean, you didn't see a whole lot of him low-blowing and grabbing the tights when he was the dead man, so that was unique. But now, after the match, on the stage, The Rock is pissed. The Undertaker trash-talks him from the ring, and The Rock rushes back to fight with him. The Rock hits a spinebuster into a people's elbow on The Undertaker before Triple H hits The Rock with a pedigree and yells at his downed body for... Uh, busting him open earlier. The Undertaker's up now, and he chokeslams Triple H before grabbing the Undisputed title and taking off. Uh, real quick, what did you think of The Undertaker's theme at this time? I liked it, but I liked it better when he got lyrics. Oh, yeah, you, uh, the You're Gonna Pay theme. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I liked them both, but yeah, You're Gonna Pay was was pretty awesome. That's usually what they dub over his uh, like rolling and everything with. I think they did that on the current 2K game. Right? Yeah. Right, it's it seems like kind of out of place, but I'm like, eh, whatever. At but least that's actual theme and then a dub theme. That's why I say. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that is actually a relief. But either way, that is the end of the show. We're gonna go to break our final break. When we come back, it is the final ratings, and then we're gonna tell you what's coming up on the podcast for the rest of the month of June. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. 
We do we do a podcast. And we do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. We're back. Final time on the podcast here. The final ratings. Internet Movie Database gave the 6.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 4.81 out of 10. Everybody just hated this show, man. I, gave I don't it know why. Yeah, I don't. I thought, I don't, thought it was great. I, I gave it an uh, 8.5 out of 10 I'm, for a B. Right there, with, right there with you. I think I gave it a B plus. Yeah, it was. I, I, I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, yeah, I wrote that. I mean, if you're going. Ex- playing and reading notes the same yeah, give it a B plus. I just, I, I love this pay-per-view. Right. And if you're rating exclusively based on Uncle Dave's ratings, then okay. But if you're actually watching the show and being objective, this was not a bad show. And I don't get all the hate. I you know, genuinely funny, don't. I give him all my crap, but a lot of the shows we do, my opinion is not that different from his. This one, we're polar yeah. opposite. Yeah. Like, yeah completely this- polar opposite. I know. I don't. I don't get this one. Like I said, I don't know why he hated it so freaking bad. It was not a horror. No, it wasn't one of them where it's like, oh man, that was one of the greatest shows. Blah 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 blah. Oh, that's coming one up. Of, one of the greatest nights in the history of our great sport. Uh, but no, I mean, it was still a good show. It was King of the Ring, which was always fun. But I, mean, fact, I, know, I, I can say from this favorite to SummerSlam, there's three awesome shows. Yeah, I thought 2002 uh, was a great year for pay-per-view. Unforgiven was kind of, you know, No Mercy was pretty good. Sorry, Series was awesome. Armageddon was great. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I don't know. It's odd, but it is what it is. But that wraps up our first June show, ladies and gents. It uh, is a 20-year anniversary for King of the Ring and the last King of the Ring pay-per-view ever. Second anniversary for us. Yeah, right. 
And coming up next week on June 8th, we've got Beach Blast from WCW in the year 1992. Yeah, I haven't watched that back already. I'm going to be very intrigued to see where Dave is on this one. Uh, yeah. Um, I wrote down most of the... Because uh, like, I always do like an outline, and then I kind of fill stuff in as I go. And I got some notes of that. There's nothing like huge on the show that, that anybody should be like, oh my gosh. Uh, the only... The I actually had to I, go back and look and make sure it was on pay-per-view. <laughs> it was. That might uh, give you an idea of where I'm going with it. But right. This is a pay-per-view? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing about this that was kind of, you know, quote-unquote big league was, uh, no disrespect to these guys, they they were big stars at the time, but it was uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Rick Rude for the WCW title. That was about it. Everything else was kind of... Eh, they had some they had some talent, but you know, nothing to make you jump out of your seat over, I don't think. But we will see next week. Nineteen ninety two is an interesting year, I'll say. Uh for June yeah. 15, <laughs> yeah. uh, June fifteenth, we're going back to the year two thousand seven in TNA as we cover Slam Anniversary for its fifteen year anniversary. Uh yeah, we're coming up I, on twenty years of that company. Freaking nuts, that man. Is insane. I know. It's it's still going after everything it's went through. It's still freaking going. That's but, good. Yeah. Head, that's me. Or, Clearly, they never opened fence. There's something to be said about that. Yeah, they, I, or it was you know it's been uh, ordained by God to never die. It's just it's one of them. Uh, that's where Jesus is. He's in TNA. Oh, impact. <laughs> yeah, right. He's I thought like, he's in hey, jail. I thought because everyone finds him there. Okay. Wow. That's usually no, where he's ever, found, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, yeah. They, people people usually say his name when they get a look at their first paycheck from Impact, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Either his name or, you know, good God. Either way, religion's in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the, the very next week will be our double lane event week. It is WCW Great American Bash 1997 for June 22nd. The main yeah, I gotta watch this one back, and I'm not I can't remember if it was good or not. Uh, yeah, I'm I haven't seen stumped. it back yet either. The main event is a Falls Count Anywhere match between DDP and the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm assuming that one's going to be good. Should be good. Right. So everything else on the show, there's another death match between uh, Benoit and Meng. Okay, so, it's coming back to me. Yeah, this sucked. <laughs> okay. No, uh, no, 97 that match, was... That match, not the show. That match. Okay. Not the show. Oh, okay. 97 was usually pretty good. So, you know, it's uh, we'll go back and check it out. Uh, the bonus show dropping uh, two days after that show is going to be the NWA Clash of the Champions to Miami Mayhem. And I've looked it up a million times. I keep forgetting. I know the main event is uh, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson defending the, the world tag titles. Uh, and, I, and Nikita Koloff takes on uh, Al Perez on the show. It's... Uh, you can't go wrong with main event like that, but... Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> uh, I did yeah, say that's not cheap. You can't see it, but I did. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that does it, man. Thank you for joining me again. Yeah. yeah. I, I know we went <laughs> I know we went long on this one, but I hope you all enjoyed it. There was a lot to get to. We had a lot of fun making this. I hope you had a lot of fun listening to it. We will see I you all. I had a lot of fun watching this. Oh, I did too. Uh, I know Dave didn't, but... <laughs> uh, but anyway... We will see you all next week as we dive into WCW Beach Blast 1992.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.